0: Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with... uh, Hold on. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have another special guest. His name is Alex Brukman. Alex is an entrepreneur, author, executive coach, and board advisor. He's built, scaled, and exited companies in Europe and Canada and led client projects across the world. His, experience, his areas of experience are strategy, development, leadership development, and entrepreneurship. His passion lies in helping clients build profitable businesses rooted in purpose. Based in Vancouver, Canada, Alex speaks on the topics of international or sorry, intentional strategy and entrepreneurship. In his upcoming book, he presents a new framework called The Nine Elements of Organizational Identity, which helps people build better businesses. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Lance. Excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, same. So um, before we get into everything um, related to business strategy, tell us a a little bit more about your entrepreneurial background. Where did it come from? Did you grow up in a family of entrepreneurs? Um, Why are you an entrepreneur? That's a good question,
1: actually. I never thought Mm -hmm. about that before. Why am I an entrepreneur (laughs) in in that sense? Um, My entrepreneurial journey started when I was fairly young, um, very early 20s. Um, I had a side hustle um, and had my, let's say, early experiences that I made with um, running a business, building a business. It was not successful at all. Um, so I learned how to fail and get up on my feet again mm. in that sense. Um, but then later, um, I actually, I was a radio journalist in my first, um, in my first job. So um, after years in that industry, I graduated later from university where I studied business administration and then had the, the typical, you know, um, the typical start because being an um, executive assistant to a CEO in a large corporation and uh, kind of developed into the topic of strategy. Um, It was an intentional move at some point because I was asked whether I could run the strategy office for the CEO, um, which I then did. But it was basically the first steps in the topic of strategy in real life, other than theoretic background, academic background in in university. But really becoming an entrepreneur was something I, I did later try a second time um, with kind of a safety net because I was running the company mm-hmm. um, in Germany that I worked for. It was a small company um, and we built it and scaled it and was it was very successful and still is, but I was not the owner of the company. So running a company as a managing director with um, all the responsibilities of an entrepreneur was kind of entrepreneurship light if you want (laughs) kind of entrepreneur in residence and then um, yeah more than two years ago I left the company in the process of transitioning my family to Canada where my girlfriend comes from so we handed over my responsibilities in that old firm to other people and I founded a new business so this was kind of a, a development rather than a decision Um, that you take early on in life, and then you just do it, right? So it was a development back and forth. And I think I'm having my second date with entrepreneurship now, which um, is really nice to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. So kind of pivoting to that. So your focus is on business
0: strategy. Um, And then one of the things you, you say is that entrepreneurs often get their business strategy wrong, um, maybe you could start off first with what is your definition of, of mm-hmm. business strategy and then why do, why do you think so many entrepreneurs struggle with it? I
1: think most entrepreneurs do not have a business background, just by definition. They come through a different profession. They um, have seen something in a company where they worked that they believe they can do better or differently. To add more value to the client and therefore they start their own business. Others grow into a family run business and become entrepreneurs by birth basically. So whatever your background is, it's not necessarily business. So in, in this context, many entrepreneurs understand or have a certain understanding of the term business and the term strategy, but they do not have a, a strong foundation in it. So it's kind of, fake it till you make it and wing in it until you hit a point where um, you really need to talk about strategy in more detail. And this is often the point where where they would approach me, where I come into play. You asked me for my definition of strategy, and it's Mm -hmm. actually very simple. Strategy is nothing secretive or highly complex. As long as you don't run a global company, then it really gets complicated. But if we're talking entrepreneurs, strategy is is something that helps you define a certain state of your business that you envision let's say two to three maybe five years down the road how should it look like where do i want to be active who are my target clients um what type of services or products are we offering what does the competition say about us what do our employees say about us how are we being perceived by our clients it's all those things right Mm -hmm. basically asking yourself if I could time travel and open my eyes in three years, take a look at my company, what would I see and what would I feel? So those those types of questions. And if you are clear on that vision, then you can execute towards it. And that's basically where the term strategy comes into play. Strategy is nothing else than a description of your priorities in order to reach a certain vision in the future. Um, it's kind of difficult to get there in the first place because as entrepreneurs and business owners, we often see opportunities everywhere. So focus becomes um, our scarce resource, kind of. It's not money, right? Nowadays, if you have a great idea, if you run a business as an entrepreneur, you typically find the investors, you find the money somewhere. But your time, your focus, that's really the scarcest of all resources. And therefore you should be very clear about where do I focus on? um, Where do I invest my time in? Which topics do I give to other people? What do I even outsource to other companies in order to make the most of the time that you have as a company owner and as an entrepreneur? And it really doesn't matter in which industry you're in. If you're an architect, for example, if you are a medical doctor running a doctor's office, if you are, um, I don't know, a service provider, or even if you pick up the garbage every Friday in front of my house, it's really a question of... Where do I want the company to be, and how do I get there? What does it mean for me? How do I prioritize? That that's how I would um, describe strategy in a nutshell. Yeah, sure. I think that was a I think
0: that was a great description. It certainly kind of unpacked it for, for me uh, because it was Jeb as a genuine question. Uh, what do you think are some of the key elements then when you go when when a business owner goes and decides? They want to design a winning strategy. What, what are they looking for? Maybe there's maybe two or three or, or you know, some yeah. com- com- common ones that run through everybody's businesses.
1: I talk about strategy from an impact perspective. So the, the term that I use is intentional strategy, which implies already that it just doesn't appear like that. It's something that you need to intentionally create.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you might have run your business fairly successfully over the past years that does not mean that you don't need a strategy. <laughs> Actually, it's the opposite. The companies that I see struggle with strategy are often the companies that are really successful and they believe, hey, it's been going great. Well, okay. do you,
0: right, do you think part of that is because maybe we're focused on just surviving at the beginning? So, a, so developing a strategy is sort of, comes second, second class because we're just trying to survive. And then do you see people once they get past that, you know, th- we, we hear the statistic a lot, uh, 95% of businesses or something like that fail within the first seven years. So then you get past that seven years. And then is that where a lot of the folks you see coming in? They're they're kind of in that area.
1: It's it it's exactly how I describe it. Um it, you see those companies that are just struggling and trying to survive, mm-hmm. kind of Alex, leave me alone with strategy. If I don't focus on the operations, there is no company left that I can strategize for. Sure. That's one or an argument that I often hear. Mm-hmm. And the other one is um yeah, strategies for those big companies. We don't need it. We've oh. been very successful, right? So just take a look. It's going great. And it's those two types of mentalities that entrepreneurs often have. And both of them are just not true. They, mm-hmm. they it, it's self-limiting beliefs that are creating these opinions. Let's quickly debunk them, right? So if you are the first, if you belong to the first category, saying, um, I really need to focus on the operations now. Otherwise, there is no company left. Especially when you're in such a situation, you missed the point to build your strategy because you didn't have a strategy in the first place. That's the reason you end up where you are. So if you are in crisis mode because your company is failing to uh, find new clients or God knows what it is that caused the issue, most likely it was a mistake in the past that brought you there that could have been avoided With a strategy. Now, if you are in survival mode, taking a step back and building a new two to three year strategy is not the right point. You you can't create strategy, solid strategy, intentional strategy when you are in survival mode. So you need to fix your stuff first and reconsolidate your business. And then when you are in calmer waters, you can sit down and strategize. So first consolidate, then strategize. If you belong to the second group Mm -hmm. that's saying, hey, it's been going great, Alex. Why should we change the the running system? The answer is very simple. There are tons of examples. Clients, companies, large and small, where past success has become their biggest enemy. Companies become complacent. They don't, they're not alert anymore. They don't react to market trends anymore. They, They kind of, in Germany, we have a saying, clients are trying to disturb you with more work, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you just seem, it just seems to work out fine and clients are just coming away. But when you start listening to clients and start being alert, um, you just lose your edge, especially as an entrepreneur. This can, it, it, it goes very fast. We're talking months, not years. And all of a sudden your competitive advantage has gone down the drain because someone, some competitor has understood a certain trend or discovered a certain trend earlier, has understood a certain client need better than you did. So it's really about staying alert and staying kind of paranoid even. Um, The best leaders that I've seen and best entrepreneurs that I've seen, they started to reinvent how they do business and Mm. start a new strategy cycle for the next two to three years When the rest of the company was enjoying the good times, Mm -hmm. they were the ones that realized now is the time to build the foundation to secure this success also for the years to come.
0: I like that. Not taking it for granted, basically. And because, you know, there's this meme that goes around like a good times, create like hard times and stuff like that. I, I think we need, I think we lose track of that. Um, when, when, because we're all just celebrating during the party. So maybe we can go back just a little bit back in the conversation. Can you? So maybe there's, could you point out like th- three elements that you see to designing then a winning yes. strategy,
1: knowing knowing, kind of what we unpacked, wh- the kind of people that come and, and talk with you and work with you? Number one is, um, and this is a term that's often being used, purpose. So why are you doing what you do anyway? Mm-hmm. I I just recently started to, understand that the term purpose in a little bit of a different way. Purpose is kind of, it's more an intention that you set. So you try to, I am more coming from the perspective of impact now. So rather than Mm -hmm. just saying my purpose as a company is X, Y, Z, I would, I would challenge you to ask the question kindly differently and ask, what is the impact that I want to see? Yeah. Yeah on the community I operate in, on um, the environment, on society. So purpose is something that is larger than life. It has nothing to do with your business necessarily. So for example, my own purpose as an entrepreneur is to make the world a better place in the context of what I can bring to the game. So I support environmental protection agencies with pro bono consulting work on their strategy. This is the only thing that I know of. So I try to bring it to the game to help them be more successful. And um, I'm not a medical doctor, but I'm super passionate about curing terminal childhood brain cancer. So the only thing I can actually do is to volunteer time and to, um, to donate money to people that are researching in that area. So that's the purpose that fires me up, the impact that I want to have. It does not necessarily have anything to do with the type of work that I do, but it can. So purpose and impact, that's definitely the first element. The second element that, that makes up a winning strategy is brutal focus. And when I say that, what I actually mean is you say no to 90% of, 90% of the ideas that you have. So it's really about filtering out of your brain in that hopefully co-creation process with your leadership team or with your colleagues in a company or also with, with, with external consultants that support you, filtering out what it actually is that makes you different from everyone else. So you create your unique value proposition in your strategy and you understand what the issue out there in the world is, the client issue that you are uniquely positioned to solve. And around those things, you create your unique offering, your niche, basically. Um, so, purpose and impact, niche, and saying no to everything else, brutal focus. And the third element is actually execution. Mm-hmm. I rather, and, and this is something that I tell every client, I rather start with executing on an 80% ready strategy than wasting tons of time trying to bring this 80% strategy to 100%. First of all, 100% means perfection. And we Mm -hmm. all know that perfection does not exist, especially in our context of strategy where we are working towards an uncertain future. So 100%, it's per definition impossible to achieve. So rather than waiting and waiting and refining and refining and not moving at all, take those 80% and start implementing, learn on the way, apply an explorer's mindset. If you, Try a certain way and you would be like, hmm, this piece did work, great, let's continue. This other part here was not really successful. Let's understand why and how we can do it differently. So you start experimenting more rather than planning yourself to death. So this means you learn on the way and you get better as you execute. I think those are the three key components of an intentional winning strategy that makes sense.
0: Yeah, those are great. I thank you for packaging those for us. I hope the listeners are taking notes because, I mean, it seems like a very good sequence. Once they then use those three um, elements and they formed their their strategy, um, how, how do you help business owners avoid missing their targets and achieving that strategy?
1: It comes down to, um, I would say, touch points where, where I hold them to account. As an executive coach, as a leadership coach, I don't understand my role as telling people what to do. Mm-hmm. I think good coaches tell you how you can do things better. Mm-hmm. Great coaches help you uncover yourself, how you yes. can do things better. Um, and, and and that's how I understand my role. I understand my role rather than rather than telling someone what I believe they should do. I help them understand their unconscious patterns and help them make more conscious decisions. Executing on strategy means to, to face some brutal facts. And sometimes they have to do with yourself as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, you stick too long to something because you fell in love with it early in your career and you just enjoy it. But if there's no one out there anymore that needs that, I mean, if you still produce Walkmans, I don't know whether Sony would still sell them right well nowadays there are certainly people that would love i was just going like to say that. there's probably
0: hipsters <laughs> there's probably a hipster market for that
1: so <laughs> for sure but that takes time you know yeah. we've gone through that valley of tears before the hipsters rediscovered the woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so some uncomfortable truth that you need to confront yourself with and that's my job to ask those uncomfortable questions to nudge you to help you overcome certain barriers, mindsets that hold you back. That, that's how I then help you in the execution part of the strategy.
0: It sounds like maybe you're sort of, in a way, kind of acting like a mirror and turning it, I mean, showing them themselves in a light that maybe they were even a better mirror, right? I mean, it's, it's not a one-to-one. I mean, it's something that they are seeing beyond the mirror when, when they work with you. Um, and face those kind of uncomfortable truths. What are, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen then um, in a strategy design? Like, is there something
1: to just completely avoid when you're coming up with that? Let's, let's assume for a moment, we are talking about an entrepreneur that is more than just a solopreneur. So you run yeah. a small company, you have some employees. One of the biggest mistakes that we often see is, first of all, people, And when I say people, I mean entrepreneurs not recognizing that they need to step up their game. They Mm -hmm. need to learn new skills. The moment you design a new strategy, it better makes you feel uncomfortable because you don't Mm -hmm. know how to get there. That's how it should feel in your belly because you have two, three, maybe five years time in order to get there. That is a long time. You need to understand that in order to be successful and competitive in two to three years, you might need to learn new skills right now. You might need to equip your people with new skills. And I'll give you a concrete example. Let, let's assume you're kind of 50 years old or 55 years old. You've, you've run your business successfully over 10 to 15 years. Now you start thinking retirement. You start thinking, I want to sell my company. Mm-hmm. You better make sure you learn about m and You better learn about management buyouts. You better learn about capital markets. Otherwise, you're going to be screwed over the moment you sell your company. So if your strategic, one of your strategic goals is to sell the company, and this can be something in your thirties as well. You don't have to sell in order to retire, but just because you feel it's the right moment in time, learn about it. So the capabilities that you need to build in order to execute on your strategy, they are absolute key. And, And often people be like, this is a cool strategy. I know how to get there. Let's do it. If that's, if that's what you see, rethink. Because it means your strategy is basically not a real strategy. It's kind of an operational excellence program where you already know how to get there and then you just execute on it. That's not strategy. Strategy needs to make you feel uncomfortable because you don't yet know how to get there. Yeah. And this is probably the second biggest mistake that, that, that we see is that companies stay in their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. They don't challenge themselves to do things in a different way, to add new services that are totally untypical for what they've been doing in in, in the past. Yeah, I really like,
0: uh, the way I would sum it up is, I don't know if you've heard this, um, it, it was a very popular phrase, I think in the 90s, no pain, no gain. Yeah, so, And that's kind of exactly what I think you're describing here is that if you don't put your, how are you going to grow if you don't challenge yourself? It's just like anything. You're making a lot of like sports analogies to me. I'm not a big sports fan either. Um, but man, it really feels that way. And, and it is, and it is a competition. Business is obviously a competition. Um, so very interesting. How do, how do some of these strategies then fail and could you maybe just give us an example without naming names of where you've seen, maybe they've even had a, they've developed a great strategy moving ahead with a lot
1: of good intentions, but then it was an epic failure and maybe why? I think I need to talk about those that I was involved personally, because um, I really can speak from a position of um, authority in a way, because I've seen it. Um, So I won't talk about anything that I was not involved. So I, I believe the biggest failure that I've seen in strategy was the first business that where I was involved um, still as a strategy manager. So we're not talking consultant. We're not talking entrepreneur. Later on, we're talking really early on in my career. Um, This was a company where first of all, they started way too late to build a strategy. So we were kind of what we talked about earlier. We were in that phase where consolidation would be, would have been the name of the game. Um, There was, the platform was on fire already when they started to strategize, um, which was not a good time should have been done earlier. So the strategy became first and foremost, an operational excellence program. Let's make the things that we do in a more efficient way, stop wasting here, stop wasting there. So um, I was kind of consolidating an operational excellence program. Um, So, but it was only one part of the strategy. However, All the rest was so small and so weak that the entire strategy program kind of was synonymous for operational excellence. And and then an even bigger mistake, the company had hired um, the biggest management consulting company out there in order to help them build that strategy. So as a result, especially middle management was like referring to that strategy, not as our strategy. They were referring to this is the McKinsey strategy. So, and, and you realize immediately what the issue here is. If you relate or rely fully on outside input to help you create your strategy in a, in, a, in a way that they don't facilitate the process for you so that you can pour your own ideas into it, but rather tell you what they believe you should do, then the entire ownership of that strategy goes down the drain. Sure. As soon as something happens that does not, and in strategy, it always happens. There's always something that does not work as you want it to work. And the moment this happens, people would be like, hands off, not my, not my topic anymore. I don't want to burn my hands based on a strategy that someone else wrote down. So you really need to understand as an entrepreneur that this is your baby. And the more you co it with the people that work with you, the more willing they will be to take ownership and execute on that strategy, not relying heavily only on you as an entrepreneur. If they see that it's their thing, they will stick with it even when times get tough.
0: Yeah, I, I, well, it's, it's like extreme ownership. I mean, if it's not if it's coming from an outside source, it's very simple to me to understand. Um, how often are you seeing then employees getting heard when it when it comes to developing these strategies and ownership actually listening? And the reason I'm asking that question is because we just had a company retreat. And I feel like a lot of the things that you're suggesting where it's, uh, you get to an uncomfortable place through your your strategy that you developed. For us, it has been listening to our employees and the employees pushing us in a certain direction and Mm -hmm. and me actually feeling uncomfortable with some of the stuff they want to do. For example, they want to purchase, they want us to move into laser scanning buildings. It's very expensive. It's a whole nother skill set. But honestly, if we wouldn't have listened to them, we wouldn't be testing it out this week. So so to recap the question, how often are you seeing it from employees coming up to management?
1: I push management very hard to listen to people that are at the front lines because they are the ones that see what the clients need. They are the ones that hear every day, oh, we mm-hmm. would have loved to get you involved, but we need this piece here and you don't offer this piece. So they are the first ones that learn about trends. They are the first ones because they listen to their clients. So, um, a client centric strategy, and I believe a good business strategy is always client and people centric, your employees and your clients need to stand in the, they, they are the core. Yes. So ask them and maybe a lot of what you hear fits into what you would have done anyway. Great. Even better. But having opened the door and having invited your employees to contribute means they will see their ideas later on in the final product, in the strategy, which again tells them, hey, I was part in the design process of that. People, that, people support the world that they help create. And if you offer them to co-create, it, it's m- most of the time amazing what you learn. And people generally have good intentions, they want to contribute, they want to secure the successful future of their company. They want to help preserve their jobs, right? Sure. So offering them this opportunity is super helpful. And um, I mean, there are many examples out there and books that, that were written about that, how the best ideas sometimes don't come from the company owners, but someone in the second or even third row. Yeah. And Some, is, somebody
0: on the manufacturing line, right? Yeah. I mean, you've heard. I, I, I can't think of one right offhand, but I know I've, I know I've heard multiple examples of that. Of just somebody listening to like the most menial task worker, and then it just replicated. It changed the whole company.
1: Yeah, and um, a, a great example of that is Toyota, for example, how they started to cut out waste, time waste, material waste. They they just observe how things go. And, and those people that are on the front lines are the ones that see day in, day out. And I, I'm a working class kid myself. I have witnessed countless discussions in the evenings when my father and my mother would talk about work and they often couldn't understand why things were being done the way they were done. And they had an idea, but no one would listen. So their ideas just went unheard. And um I strongly encourage every entrepreneur to listen, first of yeah. all, to your clients and your people, and then to your own ideas. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, I agree. I think that's a exact sequence in how to do it. Um, I'm glad we got to that point in this discussion. It, for all those business owners that are listening today, what what are some of the things that they could start working on right
1: now to form a winning strategy? So, getting your head around strategy is the first step. So. Just taking one step back and understanding there is something out there that I can use, which is um, a process, a framework, a tool set, whatever, to get my head around the topic of strategy. When your company is running well, this is the perfect moment in time. Um, And I provide free resources for that on my website. There's tons of stuff on my website that you can just download. There's a, a free intentional strategy toolkit that you can just use in order to guide your thinking. Because I know that it's not as easy as it may sound just to take a step back and start getting your head around strategy. What does that even mean, right? Mm -hmm. So therefore, I I provide some tools and some um, ideas on how you should start thinking about the future of your company. And um, it's really about understanding some questions, asking yourself some questions working them, working through them, writing down the answers, visualizing, writing down crystallizes your thinking. So you probably have an idea where you want your company to be in the next two to three years. Write it down and see whether it makes sense what you read in front of you. And then break down this vision into measurable success factors, KPIs, key performance indicators that help you stay the course toward your vision. Um, And based on those, ask yourself, which projects, which ideas do I need to focus on and prioritize in order to drive those success factors into the right direction over the next two to three years? I mean, if you if you want, just go to my website, alexthestrategist.com, right there on the landing page, download the free toolkit. It's a document that is about 20 pages long that helps you understand strategy in your specific context. So, it's not an academic paper or anything. It's a workbook. It's something that you really take and work in to understand strategy from a different perspective and to help you start your strategy process.
0: Beautiful. I hope some people will visit it. I'm actually going to visit it after we get off um, of this interview. And uh, I think I'm going to take a look at it and then maybe we'll examine it on um, Friday's show, which is a sort of an inside look with me and my business partner, um, Alex, Alex Gore. Um, so... Another tool, obviously, is your book. Tell us about your upcoming book. Um, And that's something people could look into immediately. It's called The Nine Elements of Organizational Identity. What is it about? Why did you write it? Kind of unpack that for us.
1: (laughs) Why did I write it? This is the best (laughs) question ever. Um, Honestly, (laughs) I wrote the book. It started not as a book. I I sat down and be like, oh my God, I'm moving from Germany to Canada. I'm going to leave all my clients in Europe behind. And I felt so guilty. So I, I unpacked this thought with a friend of mine, and he was jokingly saying, yeah, man, but that's life. Mm-hmm. Just hand them a nice farewell present and move on. And this idea of a farewell present actually developed into, huh, I could write down the work that I do. I could, I could give away my sauce, my secret sauce, kind of. I could tell them how I do what I do, Um, that made them successful and and made them help define winning strategies. So I started writing this down. And after 10 pages, I got 20, I got 30, I got 50. And at some point I was like, this is turning into a nightmare. This is Mm -hmm. way too much work. And um, I was in Canada already at that point in time. And I said to my my wife, I'm going to take 10 days break from the family I sat sat down in the car, um, drove up to Whistler and um, locked myself into a hotel room and wrote the book within 10 days and um, tried to understand whether it's valuable or not. So I gave it to some of my former clients and they were like, this is pretty good. Thanks for sharing that. So of course, the book has been rewritten and and further developed over time now. And um, as more people get involved, like an agent that helps me. Um, position the book with publishing houses, it's getting better and better and better. What is the book all about? The topic that we talked about today is strategy, right? That sits at the core of the book. How do you create a winning strategy? Um, and that comprises probably three, four of the nine elements that, that I describe in the book, which I call the nine elements of organizational identity. Um, But it's way more than just this core process. It also helps you understand some of the underlying um, elements that need to be in place namely what type of a leader are you how do you lead all those all these processes um, what is it that you need to learn as an entrepreneur which management systems should you take care of in order to avoid your company reverting back to what it was before mm-hmm. once you um, implement a new strategy um, so it's it's um, a 360 degree view on how you lead and manage strategy um, from a impact-driven perspective, a people-centered approach.
0: Beautiful. I love how you wrote the book and why you wrote the book. That was a really interesting, um, and it was such a like a surface-level question, but the fact that it got you a little bit deeper it was really cool. Uh, and I might just take your idea, your strategy rather, of how to write a book of like, or just lock yourself in a hotel room for 10 days.
1: <laughs> yeah, it makes get sense it because you get so much focus and you get, you get so much done. Um, a friend of mine wrote a book several years ago and I was like, I need someone like that to help me and guide yeah. me on the way. So he lives in the UK. Basically every morning at 7 a.m., um, we would have a call based on what I wrote the day before. In the morning, in his morning, he would read when I was still asleep. He would read what I wrote and mm-hmm. would give me feedback. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of accelerated the writing process. And he helped me find my groove and my way of writing, um, which was super helpful. So if you ever want to write a book, just take the ideas that you have and um, lock yourself up for 10 days. Find someone to nudge you from time to time and to give you some strong feedback. Um, That could be really helpful.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, Uh, very interesting. One last question I'd like to ask everybody before we sort of sign off here, Alex, is uh, knowing what you know now and if you could go back in time before you started your
1: consulting business, what is one piece of advice you give yourself? To start my consulting business earlier? Okay. um, I think the only regret, if at all, um, that I have in that context is that I was an employee for the past 20 years. Um, I should have... Mm -hmm. believed in myself earlier. Um, if If you start a business, it takes a lot of guts. And I think it took me some time to realize that I don't need to prove to anyone that I'm good enough in order to offer the services that I do offer because no one really cares about your credentials. No one really cares about your experience, what you did in the past. It's really about the value that you deliver now. It's about... Is what I'm offering targeting a niche that has a unique issue that I am perfectly positioned to help them with? That's all it takes. So if you are an aspiring entrepreneur out there listening to this, ask yourself, what is the value that I bring to my target clients? And don't worry about whether they will accept you or not. If you have something of value, then there also is someone that needs it. It's about finding that match and you will be successful because that's, that's what people need. They have an issue. They need help with an issue. If you help them with that, go for it, believe in yourself and um, just learn as you go one step at a time. 100%. Absolutely. That was beautiful.
0: Alex, where can people find and follow you if they want to learn more?
1: Just visit my website, um, alexthestrategist.com. Um, All the social links are on there. If you want to follow me, in a less businessy take follow me on instagram it's kind of a mixture of business and my private life weird stuff that i'd like, like love doing like riding a motorcycle up and down bc <laughs> eating cake god knows what so um yeah but alexstrategies.com would be your your first touch point there's tons of free resources there a free library of articles that i write regularly um podcasts that you can listen to free toolkits and checklists that I offer for entrepreneurs. Just take what you need. And um, it's really, it's for free. Beautiful. Alex, I hope our
0: listeners will uh, take you up on that. Go look at the free resources, check out your website,
1: follow you, uh, watch you on the motorcycle while maybe you're eating cake (laughs) at the same time. Uh, Lance, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation.
0: Uh, Same on this end. Okay, Alex, have a great day.
1: You too.